So I was sending it to her, and I looked at it, and I was like, oh, my God. I mean, like, my head was a fucking tomato. I was like, how would you not, like, yell at me right then? Like, your head is red. I'll Dude. show it to you when we're done. It looks like a pressure cooker. And, like... <laughs> My, like it's a cartoon, all, cartoon where your head's about it's to It's all coming up. It's like a pasty body yeah. and shirt and then a really red head. And it's I was about like, about to blow. It's, it's really crazy. <laughs> Welcome to our Film Fathers podcast, the definitive podcast about fatherhood, film, and fatherhood and film. This is Jelani. And with me, as always, are Brazilian Billy Bob Thornton and Native American Joe Pesci, Martin, and Brady. Look up idiot in the dictionary. You know what you'll find? The definition of the word idiot, which you fucking are. I'm sorry. It's just that I didn't want you guys to think I was stuffy. You know, no fun. All brain, no penis. This week, we just couldn't shake the feeling that we hadn't had enough Shane Black in our life. So, we were happy to jump into one of our favorites that we also happen to think is somewhat under the radar. 2005's Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. We also decided to dip into Brady's Bargain Bin for the first time in a while, with an oldie, but very much a goodie, Real Genius from 1985. It was a lot of Val Kilmer. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of Val Kilmer. I, I remember how much I, I enjoyed Val Kilmer. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, hey, back Val in the Kilmer day. had a run. He had a, he had a good run. His, uh, his IMDb, his resume is better than a lot of people will, uh, will probably acknowledge. In terms of like... Wow, that's a really good movie. Oh, that's a really good movie. Yeah. Or that's a fun movie, or that's like exciting, right? Going on all the yeah. way across the board. I won't even hold the, the Schumacher Batman against I was going to say, you can, uh, <laughs> we've already referenced uh, the Schumacher Batman. He, he wasn't the worst in the Schumacher Batman. <laughs> Who was? Clooney? Clooney. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I thought that was the clear cut winner, loser. I'm not sure. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't even, yeah, I couldn't even say which one. I just don't even acknowledge those. Movies. I would have to rewatch them for to to feel strongly about it, but that's what I was pretty sure was. Yeah, it was Clooney. Yeah. I mean, he was in the one with uh, Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones. So, I mean, that's a little bit better than Schwarzenegger. Right. And... See, those just blend. Yeah, me, so true. I, I kind of forget. It, it is like a, a, they 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 took an intermission and they both donned the cape. <laughs> yeah, I thought I thought we were like going into this. I was like, oh, this is cool to to see robert downey jr in the role that you know that got him iron man you know talking about that's that superhero but yeah it really is for me more like a bigger val kilmer vehicle i think kiss kiss bang bang i mean well and that's funny that this was what led to iron man because i felt like val kilmer is more tony stark than that's that's kind of kind of what i'm saying like he he does a really but they both i I shouldn't say that i'm not i don't mean to take anything away from robert Downey jr because i thought he was great in this too but i just think they they both are like this could have should have led to more val kilmer but i don't know that it did as much for his career as it did for robert Downey jr's right yeah i don't think so um i i I think i see both sides there i think the the fun like the quips i get with like the rdj kind of into the stony tony stark vibe but i also think it's there in robert Downey jr's performance too just my one comment was it was really interesting to hear robert downey jr narrate and to think that at the time that would have been weird like in the moment when this was made it would have made really no sense that he was the narrator in hindsight to watch this now he's obviously from there has catapulted to i mean he literally could do anything he wanted if, at this yeah. point and so I was like, oh, yeah, obviously you'd have him narrating. But that wasn't the case. It was, you know, he was, I saw they literally, they liked that they could get him cheap. 
<laughs> because they had a small budget. I mean, they liked him too, but it was it. He, they knew it didn't cost a lot of money because he was recently out of jail. Please tell me Colin Farrell was up for this role. <laughs> he just wanted too much money. <laughs> it would have been nice, but I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where. I didn't see anything. I didn't see any mention of Colin Farrell um, amongst some of the people who could have been in the movie. But I think whatever the, however it all came together, everyone's better off because of it. Because yeah. obviously it led to, it did lead to, and Favreau, I think, acknowledged that him seeing Robert Jones, he kind of, it made him viable for what they wanted. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you guys what do you guys think of this movie? Last week we did The Nice Guys, which we all kind of universally agreed was amazing and love. Is this a, is this that caliber? Do we love it? Do we think it's it's kind of like a little bit lower than Nice Guys or same level? I liked I think I liked it more I don't want to necessarily say I liked it more than Nice Guys, but I did like the kind of the tie-ins, right? Like Remember, they, they're talking about how it's, you know, the books and things like that. And there's always like, oh, yeah, there's always two cases that somehow are tied together. Yeah. I liked how they wove the two cases back together and, yep. and brought all of that going on. So, ironically, you kind of have a little bit of that in, in The Nice Guys, right? Yeah. It, it, yes. Yeah. It, so. That's what I'm saying. You could feel some of those things there. Uh, it, it, it does, to me, it feels like a, like a good predecessor, like where you were... On your on your way up, and then you end up with the nice guys being like almost like Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, <laughs> except there's like ten years between these right. two. Um, but like that kind of thing, like this is more the indie, maybe under the radar one. And Nice Guys maybe should have been bigger than it was. Um, I think I like I prefer Nice Guys, but I'm very very Fucking glad. La La Land. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm very glad that that you know this was made and and lo- love this movie too. Um, just just maybe slightly like le- less. So, so I remember watching this. I think I rented it, red boxed it. Uh, and kind of had never heard of it. I think I rented it because Val Kilmer was in it. And at the time, Robert Downey Jr., I mean, I knew who he was, you know, from old, from a while before that, but he, he wasn't, like, any reason to watch a movie at that point. And I remember renting it, and, and like I watched it and was like, this is awesome. Like, what what is this? How I never really wasn't familiar with it. And I, I think I told a handful of people, and I was like, this movie's, like, good yeah and it was i would i'd love i kind of would like to say it was like it was my bargain it was like the original bargain bin for me it was like the movie that i could go to that people didn't know about i think it saw it's like it made 15 million dollars worldwide i mean it did it did well like it can't i mean it it's not like it was truly yeah a dark horse but and it's 86 percent on rotten tomatoes yeah the people well the people that watch it love it yeah but it just i don't think it does have a super wide audience and so rewatching it, it's been a, it's been a while. I feel like I might like it a little less than I thought in my head. Hmm. Mostly because, <laughs> <laughs> mostly because uh, I some of the sporadic like it kind of feels like they almost went away from it. But like the cut scene, you know, I yep. I, I kind of was annoyed with that yeah. this time around. I, I I totally see that. And for for me, I think I, I see exactly where you're coming from. And I was annoyed maybe with some of those those same things, but I don't rem- I don't remember 
loving Val Kilmer. I, I, I thought Val Kilmer was great in it. Um, <laughs> oh, he and is Gabe, great. Gabe Perry, it? yeah, it was just just Gabe amazing. Perry. Um, uh, and drowning I, in pussy, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Still gay? <laughs> no. So what is it? Swimming I like in the pussy, name. I just really like the name. <laughs> um, so like, Such so a that good stuff, it, yeah, it made me laugh. And I, I hadn't seen it yet un, uh, since probably like 2005, 2006, when I, I'd heard yeah, some, maybe some buzz around it that it was good. Maybe you even recommended it to me. Who I, knows? I know that I told a yeah. handful of people, and, would, and yeah, you would and, probably and liked it, but like didn't, re- didn't remember much about it, and had been meaning to rewatch it this this whole time um, so i'm really glad i did and i think just the fact that i enjoyed it and laughed and 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 again because we had, there's so much marvel fatigue for me um ironically with this with this movie but like an original story like the nice guys like this that is still fun and action but just completely unique it just goes so 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 far for me because i i just feel like i'm we're missing it you know yeah. there's like this big hole for where where these kinds of movies should should exist but i just don't feel like we've had anything no. I think to that point, right, you kind of look at, again, what Shane Black can do as a screenwriter and a storyteller, right? And his ability, like you said, this one isn't as refined Mm -hmm. as Nice Guys. Mm -hmm. And you can see, like you said, some of the stylistic choices and, like, the flashback scenes or the cutscenes when he's like, oh, yeah, hey, you two, get out of the way. And then, like, move or, like, the scene at the end where... He's like, and then everybody came back. I did did like that. You know, like, that was just... Because normally... Uh, narrators are, you know, are a little hacky mm-hmm. and and stuff like that. But when he, yeah, when he talks about like, oh, why would we tell you that detail? Do you think it's going to come back later yeah. on? <laughs> or the scene where, yeah, they, you think Val Kilmer's dead, but he, he brings him back, and he's like, why don't we just bring every character that died back, and they all walk into yeah. it. It's like it's v- fantastical or whatever. Um, but it's but it's fun. It's done and really well because yeah, acknowledging yeah. those tropes. That, yeah, exactly. That are part of it. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so he gets those to work, and yeah. then he like fleshes them out. And obviously, in the nice guys, he kind of refines it and makes it more of the the film noir, basically. Yeah. Well, Did he write the the Lethal Weapons only the first one or all he, of them? He wrote the first one, and then I think he initially wrote the second one, started the second one because I think he wanted to kill Riggs in the second one, mm-hmm. and they were like, "No, we're not doing that." So I think he left after they decided that. That's not the route they wanted to go. Um, yeah, that, that I mean, because it's like you could t- you could see. I keep forgetting, or I kept forgetting watching this, and One, I'm like, that lethal weapon was his. Was two, his he's movie. listed as story and characters. Three, he gets characters. Four, he so he, he created characters, the characters, yeah. so he gets to. Uh, yeah, I mean, that makes on. sense. First one's first one's best one, but he definitely. And again, you would think he'd be like, "Well, Lethal Weapon was a huge, massive hit. Spawned three, you know, three sequels. Maybe I'll just stick with that formula." And it's like, yeah, he takes a little bit of what he knows the the buddy or the mismatched cop detective thing, but there's there's very little, I think, comparison of Kiss Kiss, Kiss, Kiss Bang Bang and the Nice Guys to Lethal Weapon. You know, like he definitely makes each one its own unique story, um, yeah. which is which is admirable. You know that he doesn't just re rehash an old formula yeah well and i saw where he kind of wanted to so do you did you guys see long kiss goodnight i've seen bits yeah. and pieces of he did that i he remember that liking yeah. it at the time talk about another bargain bin probably i, I think it's it, it would have been yeah we uh, had we really dove deep into shane black um but it didn't do well i don't, I don't think what was her name um, Gina Davis. Gina Davis and Samuel yep. L. Jackson, right? Yeah. So writer Shane Black and uh, directors Rennie Harlan, who did the second Die Hard. Die Hard, yeah. Nice. Die Harder. Yeah. Um, and wasn't Rennie Harlan married to Gina Davis for a while? Oh, that I didn't know. Oh, nice. I think that, they that's were. getting into 
E E entertainment news <laughs> that I don't know. <laughs> so he tried to get out of the action or do something out of the action genre mm-hmm. after Long Kiss Goodnight didn't do well, thinking, you know, let's let's zig here. And then he tried to make a romantic comedy and then veered back and kind of turned that into well, I you know, that's where he added the murder back into it. He couldn't he couldn't essentially escape what he is and was and he's good at. Uh, whether it was critical, I remember liking Long Kiss Goodnight. I would have to rewatch it to know if it's terrible or I did too. But the yeah, critics that's were right. I hardly ninety six. So yeah, I, I probably watched that. Yeah, in the late nineties. In ninety six. Yeah, uh, <laughs> or, yeah maybe, even if it was a year or two later. So that's been a while. But he said he, you know, the whole adding uh, gay gay Perry that he he kind of liked the attempt to break the stereotypes. He'd never seen a gay guy be like the aggressor, mm-hmm. like, you know, the dominant relationship of the characters on screen. Yeah, and, the, and the power dynamic Yeah, on there screen. you go, the power he dynamic. Was, he was the, the tougher and the smarter and right. the better equipped at, at everything. <laughs> yeah. And it was it was very comical. Especially <laughs> verbally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I loved, lo- loved the quips. And it's just, yeah, that's, that's smart writing uh, where you almost like, yeah, you have to like pause and be like, "Wait, what? What did he say? And he like, had, what does that mean?" Legitimately, there were. That's why I was. I was telling you, I was looking for quotes, and I'm like, I thought there'd be so many because, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, but they're just so many like little quips, and they're like, like out of out of context. That I think right. don't always make sense. That's the whole right. key. One of the ones that I know you love, Hunt for Red October, right? Yeah, he, he said something about Hunt the for chef. Red October, the chef, because they showed the chef that that what is, that tied into the whole yeah coming back coming, later. coming back later on. But did did you get like they exactly foreshadowed that the chef being? No, because I think is isn't that something with like he's the hero or something like that? Something, some, it's something where they they show a picture of the chef or they talk about the chef yeah. and then later on it comes back and it, it's irrelevant to the story later on. But I did, I didn't get that. But I'm like I love that kind of shit when they when right. they throw that kind of stuff in that like really obscure. <laughs> like you have to be a big Hunt for Red October fan. And that, I didn't remember enough <laughs> either to to know to essentially get the reference, but. You know, we but we knew enough, yeah, knew enough to make it make it right. funny. The other one that uh, surprised me, the other actor that surprised me, was Michelle Monaghan. Early, yeah, early. Mm-hmm. early stuff. But I think this was kind of like one of her jumping off points, mm-hmm. I would say, uh, based on her IMDb. But she kind of had her run starting here, and then she was in like Mr. and Mrs. Well, Smith she's from Iowa, but <laughs> but well, yeah, and started just blowing up and then being in like everything. We saw her in. Mission Impossible, what was it, the third one or fourth one? Third yeah. one. Third one? And 06. that was after this? Yeah, a year later. A year later. year later, yeah. And that would probably, if I had to say, probably would have been a little bit more of a vault. Yeah, than- I would yeah, I would just say that this is when she started getting noticed, I think, mm-hmm. because then you get Mission Impossible, then you get Gone Baby Gone the next year after that, and then uh, Heartbreak Kid. Eagle Eye. A big Eagle Eye fan. I almost rewatched it this good. weekend. I was literally looking for something to watch, and I was just kind of wanted something entertaining. Instead, I watched uh, the Kingsman, which fucking blew. Oh no! The, which the, the original or the the new one? I think the region, the most recent. Yeah. Okay. Just yeah. The Kingsman. I've only seen the first. Kingsman. Yeah, yeah. Sorry if I got it. I've only it's seen not the Kingsman. Good. Yeah. It didn't. Sorry if you like it. <laughs> I like the first one. The second one was all right. I thought it would be better, but it has your uh, your favorite Channing Tatum in it, so. Oh my god, he's in this franchise? Yes. You haven't you probably haven't seen the original, the no. first one, right? King's King's Men? No. Yeah. The first one's good. First I think okay. I heard that, and I think when I watched this thinking it this was the one that must have been good. The people that said it was No, this good. is a cash grab sequel apparently. Uh, truly, it's not the good. third, I think. Well, that's a, I'm sorry, a sequel to yeah. whatever. 
The second one might be good too. I haven't seen I the don't second know. one. But. It's no, disappointing. Anyway, I literally, I, the whole time I was like, I literally thought I should have watched Eagle Eye. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Michelle Monaghan, I I liked her, loved her in this, and yeah. I think I think she I think she could be in more stuff, and she looks like she's in a lot of things. But she's in a lot of just stuff. That not you, nothing really that good, huh? Yeah, that's probably the that's probably the problem. Yeah, they're not great, but I mean, it's all these like True Detective. I don't remember she had. little things here and there, right? Like like you said, True Detective, Source Code. It could be her thing too. Maybe she's not. Uh, you know doesn't what, want what she's trying to, to be want in. to. I, mean, I think the big one is Gone Baby Gone. She got three movies. I love Gone Baby Gone. Yeah. Yeah. Three. We're gonna do do that. Things point. in post and two in pre production. So I mean, she's definitely she's working, working. And then just like again, the the cast of characters from from the rest of the story. You know, Larry Miller as the the cat or the agent, the casting director. Mm-hmm. Larry Miller. <laughs> what, yeah, what do we know him from? Uh, a little bit of everything. Was that a movie or is that? <laughs> <laughs> it could have been. But I think you know what I'm thinking. Of? I think ten Un- things I hate about you as the dad. Yeah. Unnecessary the dad. roughness. Dean. Probably. Yeah. 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 It's probably that. That. That wasn't my. That's my, what I my think. That's original my first. poll is. Yeah. Is ten things I hate about you as the dad for sure. Yeah. But he's he's another one of those that guys, right? Yeah. You see him character actor everywhere. Yeah. And then uh, he's looked the same for like thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Corbin Cor- Burnson? Corbin Burnson as Corbin Dexter, right? Harlan. 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 Oh. <laughs> like he did he did mix it up. <laughs> he apparently was able to distinguish between his own name and this character's name. And then did you recognize the the two henchmen? So I I had to look up his name, uh Rockman Dunbar. Rockman Dunbar. I was like, how do I know this guy? And I was like, prison, prison break. break. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Sooner or later, it's all coming back around. My sister loved Prison Break too. <laughs> Martha knows; she knows. <laughs> and then uh, Dash Mahook. So he looked somewhat familiar, but I didn't really know how I knew him. I want to say he was in Starship Troopers, but I feel like that might have been. I'm thinking Jake Busey. I'm giving him a look right oh, now. Oh, maybe. But um, oh, he's known for Silver Linings Playbook is listed first. Was he one of uh, his friends or Cooper? Uh, Romeo and Juliet either. with Leonardo DiCaprio. And, oh, I, was he the Mike Ike and Mustard guy? Oh yeah, yeah. Then I I, I know who you're talking about. And Romeo then and uh, day after guy, tomorrow, yeah. I do, actually just saw that like not long ago, so I, I do remember from that. But <laughs> you like the you disaster movie? I was to say he's <laughs> going through the bargain. Bin that hard. was uh, <laughs> you really are. I actually that was on. I literally it was like halfway through, and I was like, oh, I haven't seen this in a Is while. That Emmy Rossum and yeah. uh, and Jake Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, what's his name, Roland Emmerich, and, and his love of disaster movies. <laughs> and uh, it's not a sports movie, but uh, it did get Quaid too. Yeah, Quaid, <laughs> yes, of course. That's the one where the the girls running from the beach in Brazil, and the, like the world's freezing, right? Yeah, and it's like the planes falling out of the sky, and yeah. she somehow I just remember like it. <laughs> yeah, and they're like the freeze like follows them through like the hallway. It's like yes. wouldn't it just all freeze at once? <laughs> <laughs> They wouldn't be able to outrun It's a progressive it. freeze towards <laughs> the middle seemed, of the building. It seemed pretty ridiculous, um, but whatever. <laughs> we digress quite a bit. But what, how about the story in, in this one? Do you guys, like, I, again, it doesn't really matter if it makes sense or not, but I feel like I don't fully get it. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't matter because it, like, well, like, it was fine. Oh, but you, like, you didn't mention uh, Pink Hair Girl, who, who I did recognize. Who was it? It was Shannon Sosman. No. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I, re- I as soon as I saw her, I was like, "Oh my god, is that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it really was." Okay, she was pink hair girl. Okay, <laughs> so which to your point, the story is yeah, the story about the daughter and whatever, and they they explained it a few times, but I I just I feel like it didn't really hold up, like as to why they would. 
like tried to burn the body and any of that stuff. But so I kind of didn't think about it too hard. I kind of got lost with the story. Was like I understand the sister thinking that Corbin Bernson was her dad, right? And yeah, because he came to town. Yeah, her sister told it, but then I didn't understand like why Corbin Bernson was trying to rec- like reconcile with his daughter, but then put her in the mental institution. But, no. but uh, do you guys want me to tell you what happened? Or? Sure, please. Okay. I mean, if I know, got, but you got it. Tell I don't the, know. Tell the rest of <laughs> I really don't know. The listeners, the listeners, listeners might not yeah. understand. So, one, I feel like they it was very brief and subtle that they glossed. Well, she didn't have any briefs on. It kind of glossed over. Oh, very nice. That her sister was abused by her dad. Yeah, I, get, I got. That. I know. No, I mean it, it's made more clear at the end than in the in the moment. I think they kind of just like showed him coming in and yeah, like and dad was after her, her every night. We got it. Oh, I, maybe I missed that detail then. Yeah, okay. he said he said it. He's like, Dad was after little sister every night, and that's gotcha. why she left at sixteen. Well, so do you want me to explain more to you? <laughs> <laughs> so when she came out to find her real dad, quote unquote, yeah. she saw Corbin Dexter, uh, and he was apparently sleeping with what looked like his daughter, Shannon Sosman, right? Who was posing as his daughter because he had his actual daughter committed to his own institute. Yeah, so. She was distraught, hired Gay Perry. I guess what I don't understand is why they, why he killed both of them then. Why, why, why did three girls end up dead? So right. the real daughter got killed. Yep. She was in the trunk, yep. in the car. Then the sister got killed, or she took her own life because she yeah, realized that, like, that he wasn't, you know, yeah. he was another monster. And so she, she didn't he want couldn't to, control that one, by the way. Right. And then. Pink haired girl was killed. Yeah. The, the, Why do you have to kill pink haired girl? I guess because he was parading her around as his daughter, so he couldn't like just say like, "No, that's not my daughter." Once his real daughter was dead anymore. Uh, yeah. At that point, I don't know yeah, because it feels like there get. is a hole in the story about how and where his daughter went. Right. It's like, and also, how did they figure it out? Just by she didn't have underwear on, so they uh, automatically know that nobody in an insane asylum has yeah, underwear. I was that part was. Uh, I feel like it's one of those things where if you know, you know, and if you don't, then you just assume everyone else is right. Yeah, like Gay Perry figured that out pretty yeah. fast, right? Gay Perry uh, knew his way around the uh, the, the mental, mental institution, the, the community of the mental institution. <laughs> and and I I do love how he got so pissed off when she told she's like I have something to tell you. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> he got pissed off that she slept with his best friend, yeah. the one person he thought that she didn't sleep with. And he just kicks her out. It was just. It was uh, that actually was acted well too because it was kind of like just about to have a moment and then yeah. it was just them screaming at each other and him kicking her out. I agree. That's what I mean. It was it was a good very, it was a good scene because it was there. Well there's a lot done. of tension and you're like, all right, they're finally going to do it. And right. Nope, <laughs> he gets pissed off about it. I I also thought the action scene after all when they were getting the body and the body flying out of the truck and falling over the overpass and him hanging on, grabbing the gun. Wait, I'm just hanging on your words here to see where you're going with this. I just thought it was great. Oh, it was just wild. It was wild shit. And I'd never seen anything it like that. It sure was. <laughs> and he's just like, okay, that I'm done now. You know, on top of, he's falling on top of the car. All of it like was just a wild ride. I don't think I'd seen an action. Yeah, I have definitely never like seen that. someone fall over a ledge and grab onto a corpse's hand. That's what, like, I just want to know like, how much of that did, did Shane Black like, write and was like, yeah, no, this is what we're going to do. It exactly how I'm going to say all it. of it. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Well, I think it also is a good callback to the... Like, remember when he, like, grabbed the – he grabbed something from Corbin Burns in the beginning because he's like, oh, yeah, I used to be a magician. So he had, like, fast hands or whatever. Okay. And that's why he was able to, like, grab the gun grab the and gun. shoot him. 
Yes. Which he acknowledged yeah. in the moment. Yeah. Of being when he, when he got magician. shot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was it was cool. It was good. Again, I didn't. I don't think I quite liked it as much as I did the first time around. I still found it really enjoyable. I think it's just it's so different. Kind of what Martin you alluded to. Mm-hmm. Like it's not the formulaic. It's not Marvel. Ironically, RDJ wanted to repay, essentially, and get Shane Black paid, mm-hmm. and got him Iron to Man write three. Iron three. Yeah. Iron, right, and direct. Iron I didn't Man know he 3. did. Yeah, that, that was for him, but that's great. The a puppet master at play. Uh, which is which is very good because he uh, I think Robert Downey Jr. said this is his favorite movie that he did. At one point, this was his favorite. Movie. I, hard to say when that right. was said, and, and yeah, it's, it's different. And it's uh, it's it was funny. I liked watching I, again. This is where I feel like I get what you're saying about uh, Jelani about the kind of Val Kilmer's character being a little bit more of the Tony Stark vibe. But then, like Robert Downey Jr. the you know, what do you do for a living? Like, oh, I invented dice. Like, that type of stuff, for me, like, that's... I see it all there yeah. already. Or I see, yeah, like, this, the genesis of it. Yeah. And his, like, his quick, like, the way that he is and can talk. And I'm like, this is... It's there. Like, he just has that. Yeah. The the last note I wanted to say was I liked when all the women came up came up to Robert Downey Jr. And he was like, oh, I invented dice. And she's like, oh, I'm a model. And then she just walks yeah, away. I'm going to go see who else is here. <laughs> and he's just, like, left standing there. Well, he had a, he literally had a comeback on one of them. It was like, "Are we done?" It was like, "Is that it?" <laughs> <laughs> and I really appreciated that one because you could see her her eyes were like off, figuring out what else she where else she could be. Yeah. Well, another ladies' man that we had from the bargain bin was a uh, real genius from 1985. <sighs> so we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. Obviously, it was. Uh, it was one that Darch, I think Darch told us to, to that we have to do it, right? Jelani, had you seen this? I had never seen this. Oh, you'd never oh, seen okay, it? Okay, so this is so we had Martin and I definitely were had some fond memories. Love it. Jelani, okay, as a newcomer, what were your thoughts uh, on my on my bargain bin here? So I came to this thinking it was gonna be along the lines of like Revenge of the Nerds and Weird Science. Okay. Kind of like a combination yeah. of those two. And I got more PCU uh, Van Wilder vibes yeah. from it. Like early. Yeah, like, that's a good call. Yeah. I was like the early genesis of those two, right? Yeah. You got the new kid coming onto campus. He doesn't I agree know his wholeheartedly way with Martin saying, I wouldn't have got there, but I agree. I'm glad. I'm yeah. so glad. So glad you watched this movie. <laughs> so the new kid coming onto campus, you know, being 15, being the mm-hmm. outsider, whatever. And then Chris showing him the ropes. Chris and Knight, Val Kilmer. Jeremy Piven's character. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> in PCU. But, but then also being kind of Van Wilder-ish, right? Like, I've been here long enough. I know the ropes. I know what's going on. I don't take it seriously because why should I? Like, I'm just going to be here and have fun. Yeah. Otherwise, I end up like Uncle Rico and I'm freaking out. <laughs> Uncle Rico. Oh, I, I had that, that note, too. too. <laughs> I had that note, too. Was he ever young? Because <laughs> he was old in this. Lasso. And he, he almost looks younger in uh, Napoleon Dynamite as Uncle Rico. Yeah, he, he cut off the hair. I think he, uh, <laughs> he he lost like a decade when he shaved his head. <laughs> but yeah, I, I... Wait, Jelani, hold on. Did yeah, you like sorry. it? To a point. Okay. Mm. I, I, I admit I fell asleep. During the loved it the missile part when when they were doing the sure towards the end towards the end yeah so well, you got to add war games do you think your, you're uh, yeah well, I was just gonna just say too war old for for a first viewing yeah maybe it goes it my theory is is strong with this one mm-hmm. and this is I didn't know that you hadn't seen it but or how you felt about it but as I'm watching it I was like my theory stands if you watch it on VHS first yeah you're going to like it yeah you didn't. 
you you can't you can't love it. I should say you, you're gonna love it. You can't love it starting now. You yeah. just don't have yeah. you don't have that decades years worth of affinity for it. Yeah, right. Nostalgia or, or the wide eyed wonder of like this is what college is gonna be like. Totally. Or, to that point, like I was I like I said I enjoyed like weird science and and that scientific aspect and then Revenge of the Nerds obviously is a different thing but the this brought them both together kind of in that world but yeah I would I wouldn't say I loved it because again I didn't have it built up like you guys did with the VHS and seeing it in your basement or your friend's basement or hanging out with other buddies while you watched it so yeah I mean it go, it, it does go back to Darch and the Last Dragon like yeah. that's why I was I'm like yeah I didn't I didn't love it because I my first time watching it when I'm 40 so it's just not as yeah uh, not as not as memorable, but this movie for me is is one of the ones up there with Bloodsport and Rad and The Burbs that I just watched a ton of times. My note is kid. this holds up well, and I, and I, I like think it that. holds up probably better than some of the movies I just mentioned. Yeah, um, because yeah, I watched it this time and I still love it. Like I think Val Kilmer is hilarious. I probably got some of the jokes that I didn't get as a kid. Yes, a lot a lot more, and and even like. Some of the science stuff, like I don't think any of it, you know, when they're talking about lasers, doesn't probably make any any sense, and it still doesn't make sense to me. But um, but it was it was still just I think just well done. I, and I, you touched on a point, like I definitely remember as a kid being like, yeah, college is gonna be great, or it's gonna be wild, or it would be cool to be one of the smart kids that gets to like work on this kind of shit, like lasers yeah. or whatever kind of MIT engineering projects. Uh, instead, I didn't do any of that in college. <laughs> <laughs> Jelani, did you know that James Rode Rodriguez, who played Sean Spencer yeah, from Psych. in Psych, based his character on Chris? No, I did not know that. <laughs> I, uh, I saw that note, and literally I was like, well, there's no way I'm not telling Jelani this, because I know that he probably watched this USA show. So Watched all of it. <laughs> And the TV movie. His, uh, his character, Sean Spencer, was an homage or copy slash copy of the character Chris Knight from Real Genius. There okay. you go. And think, you can tell us. As someone, I haven't seen that show, so does it, that play? Yeah. I mean, it's... Now that you know what that, the genesis of that character was? So the whole basis for that show is <laughs> Sean is the son of Corbin Burnson. <laughs> hey, it all comes full circle. It all Classic. Corbin Burnson's a cop, and he's taught Sean to like always pay attention to the details and like notice things. And then because he's just like a goofball or whatever, he notices all the details, but he pretends that he's psychic. And so that's his trick. And everybody's like, "Oh my gosh, how can he figure all this stuff out?" And it's like, "Well, you just pay attention." But yeah, it's very much he's the real genius. He is the real genius. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I saw that tidbit, and I'm like, "Ooh, but yeah, I mean, I think I think Chris Knight." Val Kilmer's character is is uh, yeah the quint, kind of the quintessential cool eighties eighties guy and I and I love that he is the smartest guy in the room but can still be cool you know so I think that I think that's it's rare the nerds are always portrayed the way they are in Revenge, Revenge of the Nerds right um, and a lot of the other maybe characters around him but the fact that he's not only smart um, but the coolest kid on campus is is, is awesome I think good, okay good for kids you got thirty se- thirty of my fucking seconds. Throw me. <laughs> I loved it. I absolutely love that line. His t-shirts? 
<laughs> all the t-shirts <laughs> i think uh mike definitely has mike petrus a friend of the pod definitely has the gorillas Give him his one. real name dr doctor dr no has the gorillas one yeah <laughs> which i love and i think he was gonna make the i heart toxic waste one <laughs> which would just be a great uh halloween i think halloween costume <laughs> uh yeah i would agree with that the so what i remembered about this movie like i remember obviously Val Kilmer's character. I remembered. I didn't remember that it was Uncle Rico, but I remembered a guy mm-hmm. in the closet, in the closet yeah. essentially, or not really, but in going in and out of the closet, in the literal closet. Yeah, not in the- <laughs> exactly. So, um, I feel like they didn't do. They could have done a little bit better job of uh, getting into the the transportation from said <laughs> closet to uh, the roller coaster ride. Yeah, right. For like a half a second, right? It was like, oh, here we go. Nope, it's over. Okay. And I remembered the popcorn. Yeah, I, that's the, that's what I remembered kind of from this movie. Well, and I I think I said this at one point. I thought it was Ed Bigley Jr. The, oh, the blonde oh, guy. The, <laughs> and it wasn't no, obviously the guy with braces. Yeah, right. Um, Kent. Yeah, Kent. You thought so Kent was. Uh, I think Ed I thought from Better Call Saul. <laughs> well, I think some well before Better Call Saul, but yeah. I remember Ed Bigley Jr. was like a tall blonde guy that yeah that seems like that's probably that guy um it's not but uh the note i saw well one did you see that brian grazer was a yeah a producer mm-hmm. so this was the third like non-tv movie that he produced and he, he did splash right before uh i was looking at what he i mean brian grazer is pretty well known producer mm-hmm. yeah apollo 13 he it was like night shift splash Real genius, spies like us. Right after that, I'm like, damn, this guy was on it. Like he, yeah, there's a reason the he got comedies. he yeah. got successful, uh, armed and dangerous, and then he got into some other stuff. But Apollo 13, right? Later on, later on, I'm scroll. I mean, he's done a lot of shit. What year was that? You think? Yeah, there it is. Yeah. 1995, Kindergarten Cop, and then My Girl he, Two. He won for Beautiful Mind, won the Best Picture for Love or Money, CB4, Boomerang, <laughs> House Sitter, Far and Away. I mean, like Backdraft. Backdraft. The Doors. So good. Parenthood. United with Val Kilmer and the Doors. Yeah. He's, uh, I, I just happened to catch his name in the opening credits, and I was like, oh, like, oh, Brian Grace. I was like, oh, this is old. I'm like, let's see. Real early. It was right up there. Yeah. So, um, but no, he, uh, Grazer had, in an interview, was talking about it. They used enough popcorn to feed 720,000 moviegoers, each eating the largest tub sold at a theater. At retail, cost would have been about $1.8 million. But since we were among the world's largest consumers of popcorn, if only for about five minutes, we received a substantial discount. And I was only like, that, only $1.2 million. That's, I was like, that's pretty awesome. This and is back when we used real real effects, not special effects. Right. Otherwise, they actually been like all... ruined a house, too. <laughs> yeah. Like, or at least the shell of a house. Right. So yeah. Built a house around what, to be destroyed. To be but, destroyed. But um, still... And Johnny, you may appreciate that this was predominantly inspired by and loosely based on actual events at Caltech, a.k.a. the California Institute of Technology in Pasadena. Yeah, I believe it. Get the physics nerds over there that just go crazy. And they're <laughs> like, hey, let's do some weird stuff. Let's build ice and an ice rink in our ho- Five dorm megawatts. <laughs> Five megawatt lasers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was, uh, yeah, I really, I did enjoy uh, the rewatch. Obviously, I, I've said it before, every time you go into an old one, I'm like, this could get real bad. And the, all the memories could get uh, could get wiped, but 
not the case. There, were, yeah, there were a couple couple scenes that I that I remember as a kid, but like was reintroduced to it. I was like, yeah, this is just great. That kid that gets up when they're all studying uh, during it one of the many out. music <laughs> montages, uh, which which I thought was very by 80s Thomas too. Newman. <laughs> just kid gets up, starts screaming at everybody. They all look at him, and he, I just, I think he acts it perfectly, right? And then screams as he's going out, and then they all just like are like, other dude takes a seat. Yeah, he's like, just keep it. It's moving. like he's trying to say words. Like, isn't this crazy? Why are we all doing this? Why are we all subjecting ourselves to this? But he doesn't say any of it. He just screams. That's yeah. great. It's good. And then the tape recorders. Um, so in the classroom, yeah, the, it starts out with like one person yeah. tape recording the teacher. Then boom there's boxes. more. That, yeah, right. Boom boxes. Tape recorders lead in, are a different thing in yeah, my opinion. These are all big boom, boom yeah. boxes. Yeah, and then uh, then it's only only Mitch, only the main character, uh, and the teacher. And then by the end, it, the teacher even puts up a tape recorder. <laughs> so it's just like a good sight gag that they keep building on. And I don't know. I thought it was great. Yeah, I liked it. I didn't realize this was your first time, Johnny. Yeah, so. first time. Well, welcome. Thank Real you. man of genius, <laughs> and I, I mean, I think it's a, I think it is a, a, a true bargain bin, right? Like, because there are probably, well, it's probably it might be more considered a, more of a cult type movie, right? Like that, it's something that has a big, big fan base, like like me and you, Brady, that really love it. But I think it is one of those that, yeah, a lot of people hadn't seen, but it's worth checking out, and it holds up. I I can't believe we almost glossed over this. We what? should probably mention William Atherton. Oh. Yeah, th- there you go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, I, he just plays this character. He's schmucky. So well. Although He's so quite, hateable. Although quite a ladies' man. So punchable. <laughs> no. so, so punchable. So punchable. So tasable. So tasable. <laughs> He's definitely... I wasn't arguing that he's not tasable. He's very tasable. <laughs> we just have a soul. We, you know, we can recognize that not everyone deserves to be tased at all times. Right. <laughs> Darts disagrees. <laughs> but, um, yeah, he's... I think he's... And, and this is the movie I will always think about. Ghostbusters as well, but but this one... This, um, is, the, what we, this is what we talked about when we first saw him. I was yeah. like, this is where this... He come. This is what I think of him as. Yeah. So what, what did you think of... Uh, oh, he was a straight-up jerk. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, everything that he did was just to, you know, win the contract. And I did enjoy the fact that they sabotaged it. Yeah. They got they got back. It's a... What does he say? It's a moral imperative that we can get him back. <laughs> and then I, I also like the scene where they're, they put the, the radio in, in Kent's head, even though there's really no reason that they had to do that. Yeah. I, as I was watching just this, mess this with time. Kent. Yeah, just to mess with him. But it seemed like they needed him to, to find out more information, but then they just broke onto the base and didn't really need him. But again, who, who cares about the plot? <laughs> 80s plots. <laughs> it doesn't really need to work. We just got to get there. Stop touching yourself, Kent. <laughs> it really Jesus. is God. <laughs> As always, thank you for listening. If you haven't subscribed yet, don't feel badly. Just feel bad. You can subscribe wherever you're currently listening, and also give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Thanks, and go to bed.